So welcome everybody to the Private Capital Talent Series. Uh, my name is Chris Gale, and we have the CEO of PFA Solutions, Richard Change. We have Ryan Berger, VP of Product Strategy and Client Delivery. Uh, this is episode one of the Private Capital Talent Series, the intersection of tech and talent. And uh, for our first um, uh, episode, uh, we're going to ask uh, Richard Ryan about uh, what they're seeing in front of them today in the private capital world, uh, what's happening, again, with, with talent, tech, and with Carrie. Uh, we invite your feedback afterwards. You should also see an opportunity to ask questions at the bottom. We'd love to see those and see if we can answer um, uh, some, if not all of them, uh, when we get to the end. Um, and we're going to do more of these episodes. So if you have feedback, if there's folks that you'd like us to have on, uh, things you'd like to hear us uh, talk about, please let us know. We'd love to hear it. So I'm going to jump in right at the beginning. Everybody here who's joining lives in private capital. Uh, they know what their December, their January, and their February were like. But if we were to talk about um, what is happening with compensation strategy and with talent, uh, Richard, maybe you can kick us off and just talk about what the pressures are on private capital um, today. What are folks seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing in the past few months is just, you know, pressure from just the deal volume. Um, and so, you know, over the last 16 to eight, 18 months or so, the deal volume is, you know, exceedingly high. And so really what that's doing is, you know, putting additional pressures on, you know, talent, um, being able to acquire and retain talent, um, I think is sort of one of the, the key things that we're seeing um, in the industry. So, you know, I think, you know, making sure our firms that we work with and across the industry, you know, have me mechanisms and tools to ensure that they're able to communicate to employees, you know, um, their compensation plans and, you know, making sure there's transparency around those things um, or is really I would say the pressure that now the firm has to make sure that they have those things in place and they can turn those questions or, you know, reports around on a more timely basis. So, you know, you sort of see it, you know, um, you know, generate and fall down from, from, you know, just the overall volume and velocity of new deals that have been done in the business. And, and so if we think about that, cause I think I've seen, due diligence going from six months to four months, and there's the STC regs that are out there. Um, if, we, if we talk more about the talent part of that and folks being stretched thin, uh, Ryan, what can you tell us about that and the conversations that you've had today in the last few weeks? Uh, th thanks, Chris. Yeah, the, you know, talent is being stretched. Uh, EY recently put out their annual state or survey where they surveyed private markets firms from you know, really the gamut of sizes and across the board, every single one of them picked talent management as the number one priority. 81% of firms between two and a half billion and 15 billion said that talent management was their top priority. And 68% of those of firms over 15 billion said that talent management was their top priority. So across the board, we're seeing folks um, focus on hiring, retaining their best people. And, and it, from our perspective, it seems like there's not enough of that you know, top talent to go around. Uh, in addition to the fund managers, we're seeing talent issues at the fund admins, at consulting firms, uh, software companies like ourselves, all trying to keep and, and hire the best, best folks as the overall industry, industry grows. Uh, you know, we, 
I think the mega funds are growing exponentially. Mid-sized firms are growing. Uh, every day we're learning about smaller companies that we never heard about that have aggressive growth plans over the next few years. So they're all they're all trying to get the best people and keep their their best people. I, I think uh, there's also the great resignation happening. Uh, some of our clients are seeing seeing issues there, but some of them are are fine. Uh, so we're seeing a mix across the board. But overall, people are looking for better work-life balance, you know, better compensation, better flexibility. Some people want to change the type of jobs that they're doing. So there's there's uh, for sure a lot going on when you when you think about that tech and you know I know this series is labeled the intersection of of tech and talent. Uh, we are a people business, but another thing that we are seeing is is firms want to make the best use of technology across investor relations, investments, finance, accounting, cybersecurity, uh, big data. We're seeing everything across the board. Firms interested in upping their game from a technology perspective. And uh, it's exciting for us as a software company in this space to certainly grow with the overall industry. So then let me, let's drill down. We've set the stage, um, the pressure that folks are um, under, uh, the stretch for talent, trying to find high quality talent. Um, how is technology used now, let's say with, with um, compensation strategy with carry specifically in private capital. Uh, Richard, can you, can you talk to us about where that intersection point is with PFA and the, and the solutions that, that we're being asked about and the problems that are being brought to us? Yeah, I mean, I think you think about compensation holistically, um, you know, carry is a big component of that. And, you know, a lot of times when we think about those carry plans, it's not just the partners and founders of the firms. A lot of that does, um, you know, make its way down to employees who are non-partners or non-front office employees. And so, you know, I think what we've seen, you know, from a lot of our clients is that, you know, the management of that information uh, particularly has been not online, it's been offline in Excel. And so being able to, you know, systematize that information, make it part of the overall compensation package and to show that information in a timely fashion is a challenge. Um, and I think from a technology standpoint, um, you know, having a solution that not only shows you, you know, your base and bonus, but then your carry and co-investment information, or even, you know, partial stake in the management company as well, giving you the holistic picture is really what I think companies are looking for now. And it's not necessarily, it's just the fact that, you know, this information exists in silos, but, you know, from an employee's perspective, what they don't know, they don't know, uh, meaning that, you know, if they can't see that, you know, my overall compensation picture is much rosier than I imagined because I didn't have a chance to see that information. Then that's where the burden falls back on the manager, right? Not being able to provide that information, um, you know, to the employee in a timely manner. And so I think that's really what we're seeing a lot of firms work to do is to provide a more holistic picture of compensation back to the employees. And if I may, I want to get to a, I want to ask you about timing. Um, when, when, when folks reach out to you or to Ryan, um, how, how is private capital, how are VC or PE firms uh, handling um, carry today, especially if I'm either raising um, an additional fund and adding it to, to the funds I already have or um, absorbing um, acquisitions. Can, can, you, can you work us through 
what that looks like um, uh, and, and why it why it might be challenging to bridge the gaps. Yeah, I mean, I think they reach out for us or, you know, what they're using now is Excel, uh, there's no secret. So at the end of the day, um, it's Microsoft Excel that we're competing against. Uh, and so majority of the firms uh, will have, you know, grown up through, you know, leveraging several different worksheets and formats and formulas, all nested and stored in Excel. And so, you know, what they'll realize once you're on that second, third fund is that Excel doesn't scale. Uh, really what that means is that over time you have challenges uh, and changes, joins and levers to the firm. And so what does that do from, you know, going back and rebalancing your allocations across a various fund or if you're doing deal by deal carry, it gets very complicated very fast. And so, you know, I think when we think about technology and how our application helps, it's really to systematize that process you know, we're not going to take Excel away from someone from an analytical tool. And I think fundamentally, uh, you know, not, not from their cold, dead hands, but it's, it's going to always be there from an analytical standpoint, but it shouldn't be your data storage mechanism. Um, and so, you know, first and foremost, that's what we try to do is get people off Excel, having data stored in a system. So now they can extract and do any further analytics that they want. Um, and so our system works to allow companies to do just that. But you know, for us, it definitely becomes an issue of not being able to manage the complexities um, of, you know, the changing carry plans over time, which we see um, as well, and just the change in, in, in employees. So uh, people joining and leaving the firms. So I think in, in private capital and in most, most of financial services, um, it's a, on one hand, we say, ah, you're still on Excel. On the other hand, Excel has tons of, 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 of staying power. Um, <clears throat> and, and I think we've all heard, I, I, you know, I, I like your software, but can I download this into Excel if I need to, an escape hatch? Um, sure. in, if, 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 if we were looking uh, for automation, if we were looking to be less manual than maybe, um, um, with with Excel, what are, what are the benefits? What are the concrete benefits that I can take to my leadership at my firm, for instance, and say, um, there's going to be some folks grumbling about moving off of Excel, but this is the reason why we're doing this. This is what is going to be better. Yeah, you know, I would say the main thing is, you know, two 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 points. One, uh, being able to provide reporting in a more timely manner, right? So that's the first benefit that people take back to management. Right now, to answer this one question for a particular partner in the firm, let's say it takes someone hours to put together the analysis in Excel and push that information back. And so, you know, from uh, being able to more efficiently provide that reporting is sort of the first benefit that the solution can provide you is essentially push button reporting um, of employees' compensation and carry allocations across funds and investments. That's essentially the first, first thing. I think also, too, what we're seeing with some firms is that the burden that it puts on the GP uh, accountants who are essentially the ones responsible for providing this information, it wears them out. Uh, you know, over time, if they're still managing this in Excel, um, you know, these queries or ad hoc queries comes at you know, maybe late at night, um, and now they have to spend hours putting together and collating multiple Excel spreadsheets to provide that answer back. And so, you know, I think back to the retention challenge that we see 
Um, you know, if you're burning people out because it's all manual, then you have a problem. And so I do think people are looking, you know, to uh, one, ease the burden um, on the employees responsible to do this. Um, I think over time, what we see is that you can't continue to solve this issue of managing carry with more adding more bodies. Um, you, you just run out of bodies and run out of people who understand what was being done. There we go. Um, so on that point about adding bodies, um, and Ryan, we're going to come back to you. Uh, but if we if we grill Richard further, on that point about adding bodies, um, I feel like I understand adding bodies. I've done that before. I know what to look for. Implementation of software um, and automation, uh, I may have less certainty about. I think there might be some folks on the call that know all about that, but maybe a few um, listening that are would maybe rather put it off. Is there a time element to this? We've talked about how the end of last year and into this quarter, things have, the pressure does seem to be discernibly higher and it's not just the pandemic. Um, is, there, is there a reason to bite the bullet and, and do it now? What about the compensation cycle? Um, what's, the, what's the reason to engage this, to engage with this now? I mean, I would say, um, you know, one, the, one of the points you mentioned earlier is retention uh, and recruitment of talent. So there are new fundraisers all the time. You know, I'm sure why I can quote the amount of dry powder that's sitting in the industry right now. Um, but there's high competition to, you know, attract and retain talent. So I think there's pressure there at the macro level. Um, I also think, you know, uh, it's February. And so companies are now starting to think about one, you know, uh, summer associates that may be coming into the firm, getting compensation in place and plans and carry plans in place to facilitate the process there. And then next thing you know, it's year end um, for our clients who are using FirmView. Uh, you know, year end doesn't start in November. Uh, for us, year end starts in, in the summer um, because that's when we help them start the process from a planning standpoint. Uh, so, you know, uh, I would say those are the two factors is that, you know, it's February, um, the summer goes by pretty quickly. Uh, and next thing you know, you're, you're in year-end process. So, and the year-end process um, would be more involved. So are there benefits of having a solution in place and tested in time for summer? Is that supposed to, does that help you set up for the end of the year? Why not, why not wait for the big show at the end of the year? Yeah, no, it does. It does help you set up, uh, you know, for, for the end of the year. I think what we've seen, too, is that, you know, putting these systems in place, not only so it helps you facilitate the year in process, but now I have a better picture of compensation across the firm. It also helps you give you a better guidepost as to, you know, acquiring new uh, or bringing on onboarding new people, where they sort of stack from a, you know, fit into from the compensation standpoint. So if I have a new employee coming on and I'm looking at their base, their bonus and their carry, and we're negotiating whatever terms, I have a better understanding or picture, you know, of where they fit, particularly with this team. You know, are we paying them too much or are we paying them too low? Now, if I throw in market rates as well too, I have sort of an outside view into, you know, what the market's doing and also have that inside view holistically across the compensation 
of where that person sits within the firm as well too. You tie in different elements, um, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion as well. Now you have a better data set, right? And so now I can see geographically where this person is, you know, diversity and inclusion metrics as well. And so you can now not only use this system obviously to facilitate your end, but you can also also make those internal um, decisions and discussions about, you know, are we fairly compensating employees across the board. And so we've seen our system start to provide that analysis as well. And I think, you know, um, given the times, people are definitely more interested in understanding that. So then this, I, I feel, um, this might be a good question for you, Richard, it might be a good question for you, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, I know that you had um, a white paper uh, um, come out recently available on the PFA site. And I think it went out via LinkedIn. Um, this seems to touch on the question of transparency. And I think you listed out four things to watch out for with compensation strategy and automation. Can you tell us more about that? Sure, sure. The, um, thanks, Chris. The article, uh, its title is The Digitization of PE and VC Compensation. And you're right, it touches on four main areas that we're seeing. Uh, goes back to a lot of the dialogue that we've been having in the last, uh, last 20 minutes um, or so. Uh, but they were observations that we had. The first one is better employee reporting, more comprehensive reporting to employees. The second is self-service portals where employees can log in, access documents, access data at their fingertips. A uh, third component is that management analytics, as Richard, Richard mentioned, that's top priority. And then ultimately, the fourth being using software applications to facilitate the first three items. Uh, just to go into a little bit more detail on each one, for the employee statement production side, we're seeing firms in, include carried interest awards in these statements where they show vested, what's not vested, what's accrued to date, and then even putting in that forward projections, as, as Richard mentioned, where employees can see how rosy that picture looks long-term. If they were gonna make changes based off of financial reasons, they have much much more clarity and transparency to, uh, to your point on how things look for their personal, personal compensation data. Uh, these statements also include personal capital contributions and commitments that employees make uh, within the GP entity, even outside the GP entity where they're investing alongside limited partners. So we're seeing that full aggregation picture in these, these statements. Uh, some firms also include salary details, bonus, medical reimbursements, uh, retirement plans, or even see lunch allowances as a line item in that report. But ultimately the industry is moving to that better, more digitized experience with lots of information for employees to access. Well, and this also reduces the strain on the finance of the CFO department where they're getting all of these inquiries. So now people can access that. They don't have to have these uncomfortable conversations, always asking for how much, how much is my carry worth, et cetera, if, if firms are providing this on a regular cadence. Uh, just yesterday, we were talking to a client that wants to do monthly reporting where they do accruals of carry and then send out these statements to all employees. Uh, the portal aspect, it's, it, we're all on our phones, all on our computers, tablets, more than what have ever been before. The technology's there, so our clients, uh, potential clients, all want to use these portals so that employees can quickly access their this information at their their fingertips. Uh, 
And then, you know, just to piggyback on Richard's point on the, the management analytics, firms want to see that collective universe as they raise new funds, how much could they allocate to, to these new employees that are that they need to hire? How much and then it, it's also being used from a vest from a forfeiture perspective as people leave. You know, people are forfeiting carry. It's going back into a house account. It's getting reallocated back, back to certain partners. If they have that full picture and they can generate a system, it helps them tremendously. Um, and it's not, and it doesn't put that strain on the finance HR department that that are spending you know days, weeks trying to cobble all this information together. Uh, and then lastly, it's really just using software applications. You, you really can't do this in Excel. You can't produce this type of statements, this type of reporting, the portals through through spreadsheets anymore. So it's uh, so, that's, so uh, sorry. No, so um, so it's not. So the point is not So the point is that, as comforting as Excel may feel, um, if we do the work in PFA, in addition, or or an automation solution, just generally speaking, um, that process should be easier and scalable. But then I can more readily have transparency with with employees, with management. It 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 makes the data. Uh, much easier to work with and, and um, okay, this makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, exa exactly. And another thing that we're seeing, so not only do you get the transparency, management can produce better reporting, we're also seeing companies wanting to institutionalize their operations. Uh, so where employees can use these statements to go get a mortgage, a professional looking statement. So yeah, really? yeah some clients joke, oh no, we just write it on a napkin, but it's uh it provides lift in that manner too, so that you know private capital firms are now operating more more like bigger companies. You know the industry is growing tremendously, and they they all want to move online and be able to provide professional looking reports to employees. In fact, it almost gives a score sheet to a certain extent to the employee uh, in terms of being able to readily see. Um, how their performance and, and, and the firm's uh, success um, uh, are aligned. This is really cool. Um, so I, I, I'd love to keep going on that, but I did want to come, I'm looking at the clock. I did want to come back um, to Richard. Uh, this is our first episode. Um, Richard, as, uh, as CEO, has, has joined us. And um, I wanted to rewind a bit and um, we started by talking about the last few months. If we talk about PFA when it started, um, Richard, can you share that sort of origin story? Because I think it might provide some, some context. Richard, I'm going to say the, the, the yeah. pandemic saying of the, uh, of the last <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Muted. Uh, no, uh, you know, yeah, thinking back, it's definitely been some years now. We started back in 2013. Um, and, you know, how we got to that point, I think, when you think about where we're focused on a technology standpoint, our solution, uh, we take care of management. It was really, you know, the challenges I saw in my previous employer where, um, you know, a team of fund accountants um, were really, we go through, you know, a distribution process with the printout of Excel, multiple pages and a ruler. And so they would tick and tie every single allocation uh, to ensure that 
those allocations are correct. They're to the right deal or the right terms for that various deal, and they go line by line. And, and so, you know, it was always a late night. We always felt that. We always figured that had to be a better way. And so, you know, I think that was one of those aha moments for me was that, you know, if you can go ahead and systematize this process and make it so that no one's spending long hours validating information that can be done in a sense, you know, quickly in a snap, uh, systematically, you know, let's put that in place. Let's try to help, you know, and streamline that process for, you know, a lot of those fun accountants. And so, you know, that, that was really one of the things that got us going on the solution side was, you know, provi you know providing a better way to manage um, carried interest plans. And so um, that, that was the, the start uh, on the carry side for sure. Did you, so uh, whoever it was that who was printing out the Excel and, and with the ruler, <clears throat> have you been able to go back and find that person or, or folks <laughs> like that and show them, uh, how things can be done now? Yes, I mean, so, you know, I think part of it was, you know, we, we did build a better solution there to help them through that process. They no longer had to do that. Uh, so once we did that, I did, you know, realize that, you know, they weren't alone. Their peers were doing the same thing. And so, you know, that really was the commercialization of the project was, you know, um, you know, looking across the peers and just seeing that, hey, they're still managing carry on Excel spreadsheets. So. That was, you know, I would say sort of the next step or evolution is that everyone seems to have the same problem. So how can we, you know, streamline this process form and systematize it? Excellent. Yeah. Uh, oh, just, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I was, I was just going to add um, to Richard's example. We, um, we had, it wasn't Excel-based, um, um, I guess, problem at a, at a client, but it was, it was more of the trust of the data and the, the whole institutionalization of reporting where we had one client where they would have an HR person go into a conference room, show a piece of paper with what they thought was the right compensation elements and carried interest. And then they would pull that piece of paper back um, at the end of the meeting. And then they, they decided to make major changes. And they're now users of our portal where all of their employees log in, they can get all their statements, they can get all their K-1s, their legal agreements. There's an acknowledgement button where they can say they saw this, this year's compensation statement. So they, they've really gone full circle from not trusting the information that they were putting in a piece of paper and pulling back to actually disseminate the, this online via, via a, a, you know, a user portal. That is fantastic. I've got two questions. Um, question one is, um, <clears throat> what's the best way to, to see this? It sounds like uh, a lot of this is in the visual uh, presentation. What's, what's the best way to, uh, to see what, what automation should look like? Yeah, I think uh, reaching out to us for a demonstration, if that's what the question is, we. Sounds like happy to walk through our platform and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's information on the website as well, too. But, you know, we're more than well, happy to sit down and kind of walk through, uh, you know, what what the product does. What are some of our clients pain points? Uh, you know, and you know, we've done this for a number of clients now. No two carrier plans are the same. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, generally we were able to sort of, you know, I think we've seen 80 percent, but there's always 20 percent out there. 
um, that we haven't seen yet. So always interested in seeing something new. Um, but you know, so far, yeah, you know, no, no two are exactly the same. There's always some nuance to, to it. Perfect. And I think to that, actually uh, pertaining to that, uh, the next question is: um, are, are there are there questions that a firm um, should be asking themselves to decide if the time is 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 right? Um, for instance, the, the things may be just fine with with Excel at, at a certain scale. Is there a is there are there triggers or metrics where you've seen folks have uh, opted for this solution? Yeah, the, yeah, we've we've seen a tipping point. Sometimes it's raising that third, fourth fund. Sometimes it's brand new launches where they want to put in some sort of system right from the start. They don't want that cumbersome Excel model. And then we're seeing you know very large firms with five, 10, 15 carry plans know that they can't operate um, in Excel any longer. So I think the tipping point is really firms that want to do something innovative, have better reporting, uh, use a software platform or a service provider or, or build something in-house. It's, it's really just that, that innovative mindset is what we see as that trigger. Um, and it's usually, it usually has to do with the tipping point of multiple funds and entities and complexities and levers, joiners, different vesting schedules is, is what pushes them over the edge. I'm going to sneak one. We're um, right at the last minute here. Um, what is what is the implementation time, or what's the range of time it takes to implement? I mean, it, it does vary by size of the firm um, and you know the complexities of the carry plan. So we've seen implementations go as soon as two to three weeks to some that takes you know. 10 to 12 weeks, it really just depends. And then which elements they wanna bring in from a data standpoint, do they manage and carry, um, as well as comp, do they wanna see all that information together? So it does vary, but um, you know, I think what we put together is sort of a playbook from an implementation standpoint. So we're able to sit down, understand, you know, how they're operating, put together a roadmap and a plan to get them fully on board in the most seamless way we can. Perfect. Well, thank you both very much. Thank you for everybody who joined. Uh, if you would like to, uh, to see what this looks like, if you haven't already, uh, to see a demo, please reach out to the team and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you.